Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. Well, I know that some of you listen to the postgame podcast, so some of you might be driving to work right now on this Friday morning, but it's technically Friday morning as we say this right now. For the rest of you, you night owls, truck drivers, insomniacs, or whoever you are, we welcome you into the Blackhawks postgame show until 1 a.m. this Friday morning. I'm Joe Brand. The Blackhawks fall to the Colorado Avalanche 4 to nothing, and let's head on over to the ball arena before they fall asleep. Troy Murray and John Weidman on the call tonight. And Troy, you were breaking it down with John, saying that overall... Yes, the Blackhawks with a lot of positives to pull from the road trip overall. Tonight, not so much. I feel like the daunting thing is, though, the next slated game for the Hawks is a matchup very similar to this one. Another fast, powerful, strong team in the Vegas Golden Knights. So what's the most important thing to make sure you just don't replicate what happened tonight? (laughs) i think that's how we're all feeling right now well you know what i mean you can kind of do what you want to do but you're playing the stanley cup champions and they didn't lose much so you know even if you're a team let's say you're the colorado avalanche now your next game is vegas i mean that's going to be a hard game yeah. And, you know, for the Blackhawks at the stage of where they are, the the building of where this franchise is and the organization and the group of guys inside the locker room, where they are right now, is in in some ways just not ready to compete. And you saw that tonight. I mean, this was a great performance by the Avs and really not a lot that the Hawks can, could have done. Yeah, they could have been better. They could have been crisper. They could have been cleaner. Maybe they were tired after this long road trip. Um, but this was a dominant performance by a really good team. And now you're going to face, you know, one of the top teams. I think when you look at what's going to happen this year, the Stanley Cup is going to go through Vegas. You have to beat Vegas. The, you know, going through the Kane and Taves era, the Stanley Cup went through the Blackhawks. Earlier than that, it was you had to go through the Red Wings. So now you look at where the Blackhawks are. You're going to play Vegas. It's going to be tough. But you really have to come, and you have to bring energy. And the, the United Center is going to be rocking. There's a lot of excitement uh, for that home opener on Saturday night. You hope that they can bring that energy on the ice. And and they didn't manage the puck well. That was one of the keys tonight. But it was because of the pressure of Colorado. So you you can say, you know, boy, we were sloppy with the puck. When you're under pressure and you have no time to make plays, and all of a sudden you're, there's, you know, Avs players all over you, swarming all over you, not a lot you can do. But you're going to have to be perfect. You're going to have to clean up anything that uh, was mistakes here, get pucks in deep. And, uh, you know, I, I thought as the game kind of wore on that the Hawks kind of lost control of their game plan just because they they felt that they were under pressure. And sometimes when they even had, had space, they felt that the, the pressure was coming and they turned, they just threw pucks away and gave it back to Colorado, you, you know, and then it just kind of snowballed from one thing to the other, and you never really got the rhythm back. And, you know, most of the time in the second part of the first period forward, you were defending your whole shift. You get it out, 
dump it in. Colorado comes out uncontested. You play the whole shift in your own end of the ice. It just kind of kept going and kept going. You never really turned the tables and, and tilted the ice in the other direction. And they're going to have to do a better job of, of forcing Vegas to defend in their own end of the ice. Get pucks in deep, whether it's on a rush and you've got speed coming through the neutral zone. But if you don't, you got to get pucks in deep. And then you got to win a battle against uh, probably the, the biggest the biggest defense in the NHL and the, the the defense core that has probably the most depth top to bottom in the NHL in Vegas. Based on everything you just said, I know this isn't the best game to pull assessments from, especially individual efforts, but the one guy that we've been talking a lot about being Lucas Reichel, he actually did have three shots on goal to co-lead the team. Do you want, do, do you want to see a larger sample size of him at center still? Or, or do you feel like he would benefit from moving back to where he was playing mostly last year at wing? I, I think the, you, stick, you keep with him at center. Okay. I mean, five games in tough, tough situations really isn't a great indication of it. Um, I would expect that Luke might look to make some lineup changes with the line combinations uh, in, that, in that game against Vegas. See if he can find something that works, but I, I don't think you you bail out on on Lucas Reichel. I thought you know he he did have some offensive opportunities. He had three shots on goal, uh, but this again this was just this was a tough one to kind of look and say you know where where are you at? I mean nobody played well. Abs are just too good. Peter Mrazek though continues yeah. to to show that this Blackhawks goaltending situation looks very very solid this year. Yeah, if you're Jimmy Waits, you still got to be happy with the performance of uh, Peter in this one. He, he played great, gave the, the team an opportunity to hang around in this one as long as he could. Just, I mean, so many great opportunities and really not at fault for any of the goals that were scored. Shorthanded goal, breakaway, power play goal, passing plays that take you way out of position from one side of the ice to the other. You know, I mean, Colorado just... Uh, they, they threw everything at, at um, Razik and he did an excellent job. I thought, you know, he was he was good and um, you know, Soderblom in his two games played great as well. So you, you got to be pretty satisfied and comfortable from what you saw from their, their goaltending duel. Yeah, 36 saves from the Blackhawks goaltenders over the last two games, at, at least, because Mrazek had 37 tonight. Yeah, they got to find a way to, to, you know, cut down those shots. Uh, what did they have in the second period? 21 shots? Second period, maybe? 33, well, it was 22-8. Oh, shots or shot, shots on goal? Shots on goal. Well, they had 33 by the second period. Yeah. So they that's had a lot. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's, that's what you want at the end of the game. And, and like you said, I mean, they had the last 14 of the first period. They had a stretch of 19 straight shots on goal for the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> yeah, that, that just tells you how dominant they were. <laughs> Absolutely. But Troy, before we let you go, I just want to be on the record that that nugget that I had about Leo Carlson scoring and now the top three picks, <laughs> that was from the NHL PR Twitter. So, yes, I of course, okay. I, of course I didn't draw it up on my own, but there wasn't a specific person to give credit to. So I, I just also want to clear the air with that. I, I, I haven't followed a lot what was going on with with Anaheim. Why was this his first game? Was he injured? That I don't know. I... I I don't know exactly why. I, I, I was kind of assuming, well, you know what? Was it their first? No, they were on the road. I w- it wasn't their first home game. No, they, they were at home. Um, maybe it was the first home game, so they wanted to make sure he got the, they got the last lineup. To, no. No? 
Okay. No. All right. Well, that, that's the good, that's the extent good, of my expertise. Yeah. Good try. Good try. <laughs> <laughs> I threw an, uh, yeah, I kind of threw a grenade at you there, but uh, I think he he must have been banged up a little bit. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll take your word for that, and hopefully uh, get some answers down the line. <laughs> there, yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right, Troy. Thank you very much. Great stuff as always, and uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of days. It's going to be fun at the United Center. It, it sure will. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's going to be really exciting. Uh, fans are excited to see Connor Bedard and. You know, you get the matchups that you're looking for. You didn't get any matchups, easy matchups on the road with Connor, so maybe you can get some matchups that are favorable for you on that game Saturday night. All right, we're looking forward to it. Safe travels, and we'll talk to you in a couple days. Okay, thanks, Joe. Thank you. That is Troy Murray. He and John Weidman on the call tonight out in Colorado as the Blackhawks get thwomped by the Colorado Avalanche. 4 nothing as Colorado now improves to 4-0 and on the year. They and the Vegas Golden Knights are... Two undefeated teams that are going to be playing the Blackhawks in back-to-back games. And, uh, yeah, big thanks to Jack Heinrich quickly chiming in with why uh, Leo Carlson was playing in his first game of the year tonight. Uh, He set out the first two games with a minor injury last week. So, yes, Troy was right, and uh, he he could have just went ahead and said he was right, but had to quiz me. And rightly so. I I whiffed. Uh, I'll take the L. And uh, unfortunately, the Blackhawks do tonight as well. Again, 4 nothing, As the Hawks fall to 2-3-0 and on the year. And if you're still up with us, 312-981-7200. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. I know a lot of you not still up at the moment. I know a lot of you probably not want to, talking, not want to talk about this game. And uh, that's understood. But I think Troy is correct in the fashion that A lot of positives to pull from the season opener against the Pittsburgh Penguins. A good amount of things to pull from the game in Boston. Montreal game, I said before, I don't want to hound on it too much because that was a game where I feel the Hawks could have won, but yet they responded great against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, again, the daunting thing is you've got the Vegas Golden Knights who just won the Stanley Cup coming to town on Saturday. They're a team a lot like the Colorado Avalanche, bigger, faster, stronger than the Hawks. But I, you can factor in, it's the Hawks' home opener. There will be an extra adrenaline in the building. Connor Bedard's first game at the United Center in the regular season. Those things do play a role, and I think the Hawks were on the, on the end where they don't get that benefit. In fact, this is the fourth home opener that the Hawks have had to play in, so you're just talking about explosive atmosphere against explosive explosive atmosphere over and over and over again on this long road trip. Not to mention, the Hawks are out east in those first four games. Then they have to go all the way west, play this game against Colorado, and now they got to go all the way back home. Luke Richardson was saying that there was a chance that they might not have practice tomorrow. He just kind of hinted at that. He didn't uh, declare it one way or another. So the verdict is still out on if the Hawks will have practice tomorrow. But again, I can't imagine they will. Um, I, I would imagine that it's just a normal morning skate on Saturday. You get ready for that game against the Vegas Golden Knights. You got the red carpet, whole bunch of excitement in the building, and just roll into the home year and uh, understand that the guys probably need a night off tonight. And I'm sure some old school fans are probably thinking otherwise, but Let's just keep in mind that this game has changed and the way that players prepare have changed. Um, I, I think even some of the older players that you talk to now constantly say how guys in the NHL currently 
are in better shape than they ever were. So it's that's where the trade-off is. If you're if you're really that bent out of shape for teams not having morning skates or taking days off of practice, I mean, just keep that in mind that the players playing the game right now are keeping their bodies in much better shape than in the past. So sometimes those things aren't necessary. And remember when Luke Richardson nixed the morning skate against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Monday, and that ended up doing the Hawks some very good. They had practice the night before. They didn't have, or I should say the day before, they didn't have the morning skate before the game, and they came out with a 4-1 victory. Different story tonight against the Colorado Avalanche, who came out firing, as we mentioned, 22-8. to They were in favor on shots on goal in the first period. At one point, they had 19 straight shots on goal from the first heading into the second period. And uh, by the end of it, a 4-1 winner. Colorado not only improves to 4-0 on the year, but they also improved to outscoring their opponents 6-0 in the third period. And uh, Alexander Georgiev, Colorado goaltender, becomes the first Colorado goaltender to earn wins in his first four games of the year. They were flying, they were rolling, and uh, they really made the Hawks pay. And I mentioned this earlier on in the broadcast. This is the third straight year that the Hawks have played their home opener. I should say, I take that back. They have played Colorado during the Avalanche's home opener. The previous two years, the Hawks opened the season in Colorado. Last year, they were raising the banner after winning the Stanley Cup. Two years prior, the year they won the Stanley Cup, it was the same type of situation. In fact, I want to say that was like a 4-2 game or a 4-1 game a couple of years ago. Much different roster for the Hawks at that time when you think about it. That was the year they had Marc-Andre Fleury, first year of Seth Jones. But um, it's just kind of interesting that the Hawks keep landing the Colorado Avalanche in this heyday. And maybe that does play a part of the national broadcast still wanting the Blackhawks. I mean, before it was because of the Taves and Kane era. Now it's because of the Connor Bedard era. And we got to mention it, Connor Bedard held without a shot on goal for the first time this year. This is the first game that he's really been silenced. Ironically, he almost won half his face-offs tonight. He ended up winning 7 of 15 for a percentage of 47. That's got to be his best of the year. But no shots on goal. He was a minus one tonight. He had one giveaway, one takeaway. And again, won seven out of his 15 face-offs. So there is some improvement there. You'd like to see that. We've been talking about the face-offs so many times this year. But uh, even having 40% of your face-offs won, not enough to take down the Colorado Avalanche tonight. Again, they're a very explosive team. They're a very good team, and uh, they showed it tonight against the Blackhawks. Again, we're taking this post-game show up to 1 o'clock in the morning on this Friday morning here on WGN Radio. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear from Nick Felino and uh, Seth Jones chatted with the media after this 4 nothing loss to the Colorado Avalanche. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. He fed it out. It ends up at the line. McCarr's got the puck right point. Walking it to the deep slot. Gave it to McKinnon, top of the left circle. He now moves across, put it over Ranton and shoots. Oh, and Marasic slid across and got the glove on that shot and made a sensational save on Nico Rantanen. That was targeted for the top shelf, and Marasic got over with the glove. Outstanding save by Peter Marasic. 
That was one of 37 saves by Peter Mrazek tonight. Unfortunately, that many saves because Colorado was just all over the place offensively. They had 41 total shots on goal. And they beat the Blackhawks tonight 4-0. Peter Mrazek, our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top-ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show on WGN Radio. We're taking you up to 1 o'clock in the morning as the Hawks finish their five-game road trip to begin the year, a 4 nothing loss to the Colorado Avalanche. The home season starts on Saturday. Vegas comes to town, and then Boston comes to town next Tuesday before the Hawks get quickly back on the road, and they go back out west, too, for that matter. They're taking on the Vegas Golden Knights once again next Friday, and then the Arizona Coyotes that following Monday. And the Hawks' overall schedule just very tough, very intimidating. It's quite a welcome to the league for a lot of these young guys in Bedard, Korchinski, Wyatt Kaiser, Alex Vlasic. A lot of people impressed with Alex Vlasic game once again, though. Definitely one of the better Hawks defensemen in this early going. But again, the Hawks just totally overmatched today against Colorado. Connor Bedard held with no shots on goal. He did win nearly half of his faceoffs. Uh, just 18 shots on goal for the Hawks tonight. It was Reichel, Nick Felino, Taylor Radish all co-leading the team with three shots on goal. Speaking of Nick Felino, he chatted with the media. Let's hear from him. So, I mean, how much of a night like this to chalk up to that being a great team? How much is this the end of the long trip? I mean, how do you explain a night like that? No, that's just a good team. That's There's no excuse here for our, our group. I'm not – we are not in a position to be making excuses at all. It is what it is. The schedule is – every team gets gets screwed somehow, some way throughout the year. So, who cares? And then we're we're a team that needs to fight for respect now, right? We're, we're not a team that's going to be given any easy nights, and we shouldn't expect that. So – if we're trying to build something, then those get thrown out the window, and, and that is more mental than anything, right? We need to understand how to play if you're up against it a little bit, where you, you, you rely on your structure, you rely on the on the little things in the game to allow your their game to kind of come to you after. And uh, you know, today we just we weren't hard enough on pucks. We weren't, you know, we weren't the team that we expect to be. So that's disappointing because, like we talked about, we're we're trying to grow this, and I, I know there's going to be growing pains. So you don't get too high, too low. Um, but you want to see some some progress, and um, you know today it just felt like we left a little bit on the table. I know this was a tough night for everybody, but just with Connor from game one to game now, just how would you kind of grade everything that he's been able to do and learn in these first five games? Well, I think he's getting a good dose of learning, right? And I think we all are, uh, not just him. I think he's understanding how hard this league is, and and he's still up to the task. I mean, he's still he's a great player, and he's going to learn. All the great players, they they are, you know. You can not humbled by this league, but it's 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 a hard league. There's, every team has great players. Every every NHL player deserves to be in the NHL. So it's you're getting the best of the best every night, and I think he's learning that. And I think a lot of our young guys are learning that that you have to bring that too, you know, and, and you have to find a way to bring your best every single night. And he's done a great job, and uh, he's going to continue to learn, and we're going to continue to support him. But you know, this is on a lot of guys, and I think you know we're all learning how as a group here we have to play and manage things, and and we need to be better in that regard. Like you guys were more on the chase after that shorthanded goal than you were in the first half of the period. Yeah. Were you guys kind of rattled by that? No, I think, you know, it just it stinks to obviously let one up, but then you just got to come back and, and you still have an opportunity in the man advantage, right? And it just seemed like we lost all our momentum from that. And it's too bad because Pete, you know, Peter played unbelievable tonight for us. Man, some of the saves he made to keep us in there, that game might have been 10 nothing. 
Um, so those are those are disappointing because sometimes your goalie does kick like that to, to keep you in a game and you get one. You know, I have an opportunity early. You got to score those. You know, that's that's on me too. So it's disappointing when you don't put those in because sometimes that does settle everyone down and you know they get that one in the shorthanded and it just seemed like they got a lot of momentum off that and it's too bad because you know we did have some good minutes to start and uh, just seemed like we trailed off after. Is there a Colorado team the way they play that speed and run? Is that the model for almost every team these days? Well, I think that it, you can see how how fun it is when they're playing like that. I mean, they, they look like they're having a blast and we're just chasing, right? So you know we've done it to teams when we're playing the way we need to play and our D are active and moving and it's hard to defend. You know they just they're very confident and they seem to come up with pucks, right? Like that's. That's the big thing. Your offense creates, you know, better offense because now you're shooting and retrieving pucks and you're already on top of teams and they're playing that three-quarter ice game. All we can do is chip it out and change and now they're coming right back at us. So um, that's the way we, you know, all teams want to play and they've obviously been the standard for a while here. I know mentalities don't win games, but you got to like that mentality from Nick Foligno saying we got to fight for respect. We need to learn how to play when we're up against something. Those are things and beliefs that you want in a young dressing room but spot on too Colorado just a very good team he said a lot of the things that Troy was saying that they were forcing them to make mistakes they were pressuring them quite hard and even when they weren't pressuring them the Hawks felt like they were pressured I I get the shoot the puck argument though I, I do think that the Hawks were still just at times passing too much making unnecessary passes on the power play, there there was a, a sequence, I think it was Corey Perry bringing the puck into the Avs zone. He's down by the goal line, whether he was reaching for the puck, had it, or trying to get to it. He passes it back to Taylor Hall, who's you know, one-on-one with Georgiev. Just to Georgiev's left, a few feet in front of him, and, and he passes it to Ryan Donato. And Donato's further back. So, I mean, yeah, maybe you get a quicker one-timer, but... I mean, Taylor Hall's right there, and this is the power play. These are the power play struggles that we've been talking about this year and in the past with this organization. Sometimes they just get too cute, but it's such a different roster makeup now, and they just seem to be so far away from really figuring it out on the man advantage that you really don't want to see those types of passes. You would rather see a dozen low quality shots than a handful of mediocre passes to try to find the right shot when the power play is struggling this much and not only that giving the other team an opportunity I mean Colorado really turned this game around after they got the shorthanded goal that was the first goal of the game giving the Avs a one nothing lead in the first period but that really turned things around and the Hawks were just never able to harness any momentum let's hear what the head coach had to say it seems that a lot of the guys were saying that, you know, this is kind of a lesson that you have to take sometimes uh, with a team that's trying to get everything together against a team that's pretty established. Yeah, I know for sure that I think obviously a Stanley Cup champion team and probably would have been close to that again last year with uh, without the injuries they had. Uh, definitely a really strong team. I thought we skated well in the first 10 minutes and then, um, you know, I, uh, Unfortunately, like you know, they got a shorthanded goal and then a power play goal, and it seemed like we were chasing after that. They're very strong on their sticks and they're a fast team. So, um, when we started standing still a little bit, the second half of the first period, and trying to make plays doing that, they just gobbled us up. So, 
uh, we were really chasing it after that the rest of the night. Tough night for Bedard. What do you, what do you tell him to keep his confidence up after he doesn't even get a shot at him? You know, it's one game, right? Is that's why there's 82 of them, and uh, you know that's a fast team, and it was overwhelming for a lot of us tonight. Not just him, but uh, you know, we're going home. We got a lot of excitement to expect there, and and look at the some of the good hockey that we really played uh, well on this trip. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't finish off great, but. Uh, that that was like a lesson like you mentioned that we have to take and, and um, deal with it and, and come up with some answers and, and play better the next game like you said this was a rough night for a lot of guys but with Bedard especially how would you just kind of sum up his first five games of handling everything on ice off the ice yeah everything? I think he's learning and he's going to learn uh, all as he goes mm-hmm. uh, as most young guys do and uh, I think he's a smart hockey player and he'll, he'll take these lessons and implement them in his game I think there's games like this like you know we played a, a high powered Toronto team and, and you know a very experienced Pittsburgh team but uh, not like this team that they're they're a different like uh, whole other animal and when they get moving and skating and they're powerful and uh, you know it, it kind of sometimes paralyzes you a little bit when you're not playing well and uh, when we got off our game uh, after that uh, first half of the first period we started watching them and I think you know Connor's just like anybody else I think we got caught uh, just watching them play a little bit that was he was one of 20 of us tonight so uh i think you know i mean this is something it'll be great to see him take some of the things that he saw probably up close and personal tonight the like the mckinnons and the mccars and that and uh you know see how he can you know reach that and 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 put that into his game i know uh you want to let uh bedard play his game but uh you know he had a couple of good ways and one that was probably unnecessary a backhanded kind of uh, shot on gold. Yeah. I mean, do you need to rein him in a little bit? Um, no, I, I talked to him once on the bench and, uh, you know, he sees the ice well. It's just, um, you know I mean, the strength and speed of these players, you can't do a, a little floating backhand pass, you know I mean, through people. Like, they're going to knock that down and go the other way. If you can do it all in one motion because you know the next play and you don't have to wait for one of our players to react to that, It'll probably work, and I, we've seen him do that. And I think when he has to stop and wait for one of our players to get in position and try try that play, it's probably not there. Maybe lay it ahead, and I think on that one of those plays, uh, uh, Taylor was driving through with speed, so that's the play. So you know, just uh, not every play has to be fancy. And I think when he you know figures out that there's games like tonight where you know you just take what you are given, and then and then something opens up and comes back to you. That's that's what you're going to have to do in a game like tonight. Luke Richardson declaring that there won't be a practice tomorrow. The Hawks sending out that mass email just a few moments ago. So no practice tomorrow, of course. Long travel coming from Colorado. You get in real late. There's plenty of time to get ready on Saturday. You have your normal mor- normal, normal morning skate. Man, I didn't think that'd be difficult to say. And then you get ready for the big game against Vegas. And then who knows? Maybe they have practice on Sunday too. But either way, this is a game where you just put in the rearview mirror, mirror You crumple up the box score. You move on from it. We're going to take another break. We are going to hear from Seth Jones. I do want to talk a little bit more about Lucas Reichel and why I agree with Troy that uh, not quite yet ready to move him from center to wing just yet. All that and more coming up next. Blackhawks postgame show. Oh, yeah, by the way, if you're up and you want to talk hockey, 312-981-7200. Give us a call. Give us a text. We're talking to you until 1 a.m., Recapping this 4-0 loss to the Colorado Avalanche. It's the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Mavs get the puck back. Here's McKinnon left point again. 
Put it over to the right point to Devontae. He'll fire it down through traffic. Stopped in front. Here's McKinnon with a shot. He scores off a handoff from Tatar. The Avs maintain the Hawks zone. Tired the Hawks out. And McKinnon put it into the top shelf on a snapshot. It's now 4-0 Colorado. John Weideman on the call tonight out at the Ball Arena. Hawks fall to the Colorado Avalanche for nothing. That was the final goal. I'm Joe Brand. We're bringing this Blackhawks postgame show party up to 1 a.m. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200 from the 773 area code. This is a positive text. My friend flew out of Nashville today. She said she was surprised with how many people were dressed up in Blackhawks sweaters Flying out, there must be lots of fans flying to Denver. I do feel like I saw a couple spots of red over at the Ball Arena and uh, Hawks fans supporting their team on the road. Uh, Our buddy Leo from Albuquerque texted in, gross. That was it. Leo always pretty much is straight to the point. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or you'd like to text. Uh, Actually, somebody else texted... Might Patrick Kane reunite with Alex Dabrinkit? Because I referenced in the intermission how Emily Kaplan of ESPN's broadcast team reported that Patrick Kane has been cleared for contact, and now his agent, Pat Brisson, will start talking with teams seriously in November. I don't know. I, I don't have any intel on this. I don't really know how much Patrick Kane holds value in original six teams. I think he cares more about winning another cup than he does joining another original six team and only an original six team. I'm sure it's like a good added bonus, but I don't know if he's that committed to only playing for original six teams. I will say I do believe the Buffalo rumor a lot more now. I was never in the years prior always thinking, oh, he'll end up in Buffalo. That's where he's from. It just makes a little bit more sense now. Buffalo's ready to take that step ready to fight for a playoff run, and I could see Buffalo giving Patrick Kane what he would want, meaning some security with a few years, probably a a bigger paycheck, and it'd be really good for the league, too, if Patrick Kane returns home and helps the Buffalo Sabres make the playoffs, go for a long run in the playoffs. But uh, I don't know. That's total speculation. Hawks fall to the Avs tonight for nothing. Seth Jones chatted with the media. Let's hear from him. There's a couple, I think, against, I think, last game or the game before where I was, some guys were almost selling on the bench, hit a shot in the slot. So, um, But he's, he's moving his feet well. Uh, he's playing a lot. Um, so, you know, he, I know he's a, a professional already, and, and he'll do uh, what's necessary for his body to keep playing those, those kind of minutes. Sorry we came in late, but I guess how would you assess the team performance, what went wrong for them? Yeah, um, I don't think, you know, they kind of bless us at the start, and they usually do that here. Um, you know, there's no excuses for us, but, you know, it's a good measuring stick. You know, they're one of the top teams in the league, and uh, they really possessed the puck against us tonight. We couldn't get our D zone figured out. Um, uh, and they just they shot the puck from all over the ice, and then, you know, they held on the pucks well. And, um, they just they played a fast game, and we, we didn't put our best foot forward. So. Are, are they kind of the model now? Is that what you guys want to be as the team they are now? The model usually is the team who kind of last wins, wins the cup. You know what I mean? It's kind of how it goes. But everyone wants to play fast. Everyone wants to possess the puck, go low to high, have D that can move like that. And um, it, it makes it difficult on other teams when they flying down with speed every every 20 seconds with the puck full possession. So, um, you know, you obviously need a Nathan McKinnon and a, and a lot of these other guys out there. 
but I think their main motto is definitely speed. You mentioned having trouble figuring out D-zone stuff. Are there any specific lessons you can take from, from maybe the mistakes today? Yeah, I think, you know, as defensemen and maybe the low forward, too, we didn't close out quick enough. Uh, we let them, you know, mess with the puck down low, cycle a few times, and then they get high, and then their D get involved, and it's tough to stop. Um, uh, so we, we needed to hit and pin quicker in the corners. I go stick on puck and, and you know, have our second or third guy come in, take the puck, and then skate it out. So I didn't think we did a great job of Want to wrap up the Lucas Reichel conversation before we hit another break. Troy had mentioned that he wants to see more of Lucas Reichel at center. The Blackhawks said during the preseason this year that they envision Lucas Reichel as a center. They're going to give him that role. They're going to give him that responsibility. So far, we haven't seen too much from Lucas Reichel offensively. He did co-lead the team with three shots on goal tonight, but there's still something missing with him at that position. I think that if he didn't have as great of a preseason and training camp at that position, doing a lot of great things at center, I might be thinking differently. But he did show some really good flashes. I know that's training camp. I know that's exhibition. But he clearly worked his tail off during the offseason to put himself in a good spot. The other thing is... You don't want to knock his confidence. It's five games in. I think moving him immediately might take him down a peg confidence-wise. So I I do agree with Troy leaving Lucas Reichel at center. One more break. When we come back, we'll get you set up for the Blackhawks' next game and also some history in the NHL tonight. All that and more. Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Stone looking. Eichel with a chance, and he scores! Jack Eichel with 436 left on the power play. Dave Goucher of Scripps Sports with our next game preview as the Hawks host the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday for the home opener at the United Center. Our next game preview is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago where they do it right the first time. The Vegas Golden Knights tie the NHL record for the best start to a season for a defending Stanley Cup champ. They're now 5-0. That's their best record to start a year in franchise history. And they take on the Hawks Saturday night, technically tomorrow night, should be an intense one. Let's take a look, a quick look around the league, and we go to Anaheim. Two on one, Terry gets on his horse, across the line with Carlson. Carlson, score! First NHL goal for the second overall pick. That's John Ehlers of Bally Sports West, and yes, that is Leo Carlson with a goal in his NHL debut, 18-year-old Leo Carlson, that is. Second overall pick right behind Connor Bedard, so that means that Connor Bedard, Leo Carlson, and Adam Fantilli, the top three picks of this year's draft, all make their debut in the same year they were drafted, all pick up a point in their NHL debut. It's the first time that's happened in the NHL since 2009 with John Tavares, Victor Hedman, and Matt Duchesne. lot of fun hockey on the horizon throughout the entire league. Blackhawks hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines, Anheuser-Busch, Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. A big thanks to all the help we had here at the WGN Studios, our production crew of Jack Heinrich and Eli Burke. Another big thanks to our engineer, Brett Jackson, getting us over the airwaves. For our play-by-play and color crew of John Weineman and Troy Murray out at the Ball Arena, I'm Joe Brand signing off. Again, the final score, Colorado 4, the Blackhawks nothing. 
Our next broadcast, Saturday night, the home opener for the Hawks as they host the Vegas Golden Knights. James Sears has your news next. After that, it's Rich Valdez. Thanks for listening, and have a great rest of your Friday, everybody.